We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 WGC St. Jude Invitational DraftKings picks and preview plus a look at the brand new PGA Tour schedule for the next season because some changes have been made. Weird changes. I mean, I guess they're not all that weird, but just some interesting changes. Let's put it that way. You have not filled up the Listener's League yet. Shame on all of you. I got my three entries. Where are your three entries? Hit the description and find all of the, well, it's just one link, but you can find the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. Let's fill that up so we don't make it smaller for next week. We've got to keep up, ramp everything up. So, you know, going into the FedEx Cup playoffs for the Wyndham Championship, we still have some juicy prize pools that are rake-free. This should be the first tournament you are entering on DraftKings every single week. Remember to smash the like. Tell me your favorite $6,000 play this week on DraftKings for the WGC St. Jude Invitational. Subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter. I'll have the model breakdown if people missed that on Sunday in there, plus the cheat sheet of bets, any new information, the weather report, some football stuff, fantasy national stuff, plus... We've recorded a brand new Cuss Corner. That is coming out next week, but you can get first dibs if you are subscribed to the Mayo Media Newsletter this week. So if you want to hear Cuss ramble on about how waffle cones aren't good and the fucking Eucharist wafer cones are really good, then you know it's going to be for you. There's a lot of yelling. It's the first time we've done a Cuss Corner in quite some time. It's me, it's Cuss, it's Jeff. All the people people love to see yell at each other and then get triggered by all of Tim's takes. Also, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get 20% off and run the sims.com slash mayo to get the fantasy national of football because football season is approaching go to run the sims.com if you just want to play around with the projections go sign up for the free membership and you will still have access to those right now so please go support the new site run the sims.com reed fowler from dk live is on the line 
You're like hanging out with Bryson DeChambeau. You're doing live shows <laughs> every single day. Thanks for making the time to talk to me. Oh, of course, Pat. Of course, this is where this is where it all began for me. If you, if you really go back a couple of years, um, yeah, excited to be here. I know you you've you've done a lot of moves in the past, and so have I. Like our backgrounds, well, my background has changed. Yours hasn't, uh, but it's good to be here, man. I missed you. Hey, you've been like a traveling man over here. Um, uh, did, did did people know your secret news now? Yeah, uh, on I don't think I've tweeted it out, but I've I did the whole Instagram thing, and that's that made it official. But yeah, you can break the news here on Twitter. I haven't tweeted anything yet. Well, Reed Fowler, congratulations on being a married man. Hey, yeah, I can't wait for all the people in my mansions to be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, why did you do this?" But yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, we were in Hawaii back in June uh, for about a month, and we decided to hey. Like, why not? We're in one of the best places in the world to do this. Uh, uh, not exp- or not, not cheap, um, but we did make it a lot cheaper. And if we had a huge wedding, it was just uh, just the family. My brother married married us. Uh, her parents were there with us. We brought them over. My parents came there. And then uh, or my, my mom was there, obviously. My dad came from, from where he was living in Vegas. And uh, my grandma was there. So 15-minute ceremony, went to dinner after, and that was it. Yeah, that's the move. The 15-minute ceremony, my wife and I did the exact same thing. Like, we were just like, let's not really hammer down. Uh, Let's not go, like, the full Catholic in Latin, like, hour and a half mass for the marriage. How about we just do, like, 10 to 15 minutes, and then we can start drinking. That sounds a lot better. Yeah, it was perfect. We've we've gone to a couple of full mass, like her cousins, and it's, like, two and a half hours, and everyone there, unless, you know, you're up, you're, you're on stage, so to speak. You're like, when is this? When is it drinking time? Uh, so we're like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. Uh, my brother, I think my brother wrote his like the per se. He wrote the ceremony maybe ten minutes before we actually did it. So it was great. Yeah, you, you couldn't have it any other way. Those were like my vows. I was like, oh shit, I got to do vows like five minutes before <laughs> the ceremony. It's like, I'm, you know, I do this for a living. I just speak free flowingly into a camera. I can look into my my wife's eyes and come up with something. I did jot down a few notes, though. But I did want to ask you about your close personal friend, Bryson DeChambeau. What's he like? Uh, He's probably exactly what you think he'd be like, Um, right? Like, he kind of, like, he's a good guy. Like, he's super nice. Um, He knows he's one of the best golfers in the world. Uh, So he kind of, and every golfer that you meet, know that they have something that most people walking in this green earth don't have, which is a ton of skill at a professional sport, a ton of skill to be a profession in a sport. Um, he's a really, really nice dude. I think what he gets a bad rap for is he's so into what he's doing. And I remember he, like, we were at lunch, uh, you know, we, we shot like four or five different, uh, promos that you guys have seen on, you know, on Sundays. And then we were eating lunch and he was talking to maybe his manufacturer, Maybe like, like, you know, maybe it was Bridgestone, um, someone, but he was on the phone for an hour and a half. I remember this. And he was just talking about like the science behind why a ball does this off of the driver club face. And he was just like, like, as if it was, you know, a project that was due the next day. Like he was just hammering in on like, I need to be like this, this, this is what I noticed. This is what I was doing when we were on break. And so when you see that even off camera, you're like, oh, it's not a shtick. Like this is him. This is who he truly, truly is. And I don't think he has a switch yet of, oh, this is this is for TV. This is for entertainment. And this is not for entertainment. And so what we see all the time is, oh, this guy's just, you know, a complete doofus. 
but he just loves what he does and he's just so into it. And he's a super show. He's a super nice guy. All right, cool. That's what I always figured was this is just how he is and he's not putting on yeah. any filters and then it comes off bad because most people have this public persona that is, you know, super like, just think about Tiger's public persona for years. He was a bit right. icy, but like, oh, Tiger Woods, all American guy, great dude. And it's just like, he's not a great dude. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, I do remember I, I screwed up, I think on one, like on one take or like one stat that, that I thought he had, it was, you know, I forget which, which one it was. And he corrected me very quickly. Like, you know, like, Oh no, I did this, this, and this. So I was like, okay, like he's, you know, he knows his stuff. Uh, you can't come in, you know, not knowing your stuff, but it wasn't like, it wasn't derogatory. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't being rude. But he's like, oh, no, it's this, this, and this. I was like, oh, okay, man, that's, you know, good for you. <laughs> like, you know your stuff. Yeah, you you remembered what happened to you. That's better That's better than me. I can't remember anything that happened to me anymore. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. If it, if it happened more than a week ago, it's completely out of my memory at this point. Let's talk yeah. WGC, though, and we'll talk about the highest price players. The third year in a row that the WGC has been at TPC Southwind. And next year, it's actually a FedEx Cup playoff event. It's no longer a WGC. It is the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoff. So it's a par 70, 7,238 yards. One of the longest par, like it's, a, it's, it's funny because, you know, 7,238 yards, not that long of a course, but it's a par 70. That's actually pretty lengthy once, once you adjust for par. Valspar is very much the same way too, where it doesn't seem daunting when you look at the scorecard. You're like, oh, it's a par 71. The par fives are kind of short. There's actually a, a lot of length to this course. It's like even when you see Riviera, like Riviera has that super short hole. There's one really short par five. And then like the rest of the course is like, oh my God, everything's uphill in like 480 yards. So this course is kind of the same way, except with the big caveat that there's a lot of water. Most water balls of any course on the PGA Tour, over 5,000 in the drink since 2003. So the highest priced players on the board, one guy who probably won't find the drink all that often, Colin Morikawa, now the highest priced guy in a WGC read, $11,000. Very accurate off the tee. So that should work to his favor. Xander coming off the gold medal is 10-8. Both those guys played in Tokyo last week. Brooks 10-6, Jordan 10-4, DJ 10-2, and Rory also in the Olympics last week at $10,000. I like Brooks. He's won here two years ago. He keeps second last year. Even when you look at what he's done so far this season, he's played in one WGC and four majors. And in four of those results, he has a top six finish. And he plays really well at this course. I don't see any reason to fade Brooks. Yeah, and look at what he did. I think he reminded us too what on Sunday at St. George's. If you want to, you know, go go to that as as some sort of form that he has, like he saw, what, you know, what he was able to do. He shot the lowest round there. I love Brooks as well. I think he's, you know, you can play him in cash or GPPs. You don't have to worry about the chalk. It's the one thing that I do that I, you know want to get your take too on Pat is these guys that you know JT is someone that we'll get to in a little bit, but guys that are coming over from Japan making that trip. You know, there could be some contra contrarian plays. You saw Rory with his comments after saying like, hey, I made some offhand comments before, but once I got here, this was great. Paul Casey mentioned it reinvigorated something in him about the Olympics. That's one thing, but the physical toll that it takes on you coming. And I, I've done that trip. I've done the Japan uh, from here, the, from the Northeast, or for, excuse me, from Northeast of Japan. It's not fun. It is not. I know like I'm traveling very different than these guys are traveling, but it's not a fun trip. And so that does, definitely is going to play a factor. I think a lot of people are going to think about that and say, well, I'm going to fade these guys. But talk about Colin Morikawa, even at 11,000, the first time he's at the, the top 
of the salary, not a lot of people are going to probably play him. And that's the spots that you want to take a guy like Colin Morikawa, right? Is not a lot of people are going to play him. He's overpriced or he's mispriced, whatever the case may be, um, you know, traveling from Japan. He's someone that intrigues me in GPPs, if not just going pretty heavy on Brooks or or a guy like DJ, because no one, I don't think anyone's going to be playing DJ. See, what I'm seeing from the early ownerships, and this can most definitely change from the time that we're talking until Thursday morning, because there's going to be a later start on Thursday, so you'll have time to wake up in the morning and even fuck around with your lineups even more. But I'll put in some ownership projections into the newsletter, so everyone sub to the newsletter. You don't get just... Not only is there an exclusive cuss corner and great promos and everything like that. Oh, I have the Apple giveaway as well. Reed, you should get into this. You hit the description. Uh, fantasy football picks or bets. Go leave an Apple podcast review. Five stars, something you enjoy. Twitter handle and email address, and you're in a cash giveaway. It's up to a thousand bucks right now, so, you know, ten lucky people will win a hundred bucks. We get some more reviews. Maybe it gets up to fifteen hundred bucks. I don't know. Who couldn't use a hundred bucks sounds great so that's the way that i would kind of go with that one but brooks is looking like the overwhelming chalk right now above ten thousand dollars there's only 66 players in this field obviously there's no cut so you're gonna have to do some game theory if you want to get through the biggest thing that stuck out to me is that it's gonna go brooks spieth dj is the way that it's looking right now in terms of ownership and weirdly it's xander who is coming in with Minimal mm. ownership. I think that changes because I think people are reading into it just because you have Morikawa, Xander, and Rory. And even when we get to Justin Thomas, very few people, at least in their initial reaction, is not going to those players. I'm guessing it's because they were in Tokyo last weekend. And I don't know how to assess that situation. I think you have to make that decision yourself. Do you think that affects them to the point where they're not going to be good this week or not? I really have no take, so it's not going to affect my decision-making. I just happen to like Brooks the best this week. But if Xander is going to be like 9% owned, I'll probably play Xander. Yeah, and yeah, it's a no-cut event, right? I mean, where does Xander obviously excel? It's in no-cut events. Um, so even if he has a little bit of a hangover, and maybe this happens where, you know, Patrick Reed, the, the, the guys are talking about it. And, you know, I, I made some tweets about what Zinger was saying on Thursday that that weren't great, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and but the one thing that we're saying about Patrick Reed and about the travel over, and maybe it was the Olympics, less at WGC, right, is that the adrenaline is rushing that, that you're, that you're there, um, that this is a great, this is a great experience. And so maybe your Thursday, it's like, if you go on a trip, you're excited to be there. You're not tired. You're not jet lagged yet. And so the first day you're there, you like drink too much and then you get hung over for the next couple of days on the trip. Like it's maybe that first day is good for them. Right. But then the Friday, the Saturday, that's where they start to hit a little bit of jet lag. Good thing is there's no cut. Right. So they don't have to worry about that. And we've seen a guy like Xander. What did he do at, you know, a tournament of champions? What did he do here? He shot like one round where it was just amazing. A 62 or a 63. This course is tough, right? The first, like, I think Brooks won at 20 under and then JT won, I think at 13 under, or maybe it's, it, maybe it's flipped. So, you know, this, this is a tough course. Like it, it's going to, it's going to play tough. I think that's why they're putting it potentially, or maybe one of the reasons why they're putting it as one of the, the, the first stop for the playoffs next season. But yeah, I mean, Xander coming in at sub 10%. And even, like I said, I, I think DJ, you know, you always say this too, with fantasy national, you got to kind of parse through the people and, and the ownership projections that we're seeing. I think come time DJ, when they, they look at his past results, even if it's a WGC, that he might come a little bit under undervalued under own, and if I can get him anywhere around 12%, Pat, I think that's a steal for a guy who's, we know what his ceiling is. 
I just worry that the way that he's playing right now, and obviously he can flick the switch and all of a sudden he's DJ again, that I don't see mm. that big of a difference between where his game is at at the moment and the guys that are like a thousand six hundred to a thousand dollars cheaper, like Louie and Hovland. Like those guys are playing better than JT is right now. Yeah. Like I mean are you talking about Justin Thomas or, or Dustin Johnson? Dustin Johnson. And even Justin Thomas. I keep getting fucking sucked oh. into the Justin Thomas trap and it, <laughs> it's not working out for me. Yeah. Like I remember, I forget what tournament it was where JT was around. I think the same sentiment. Like it was, he was playing like garbage. He was in the, the high nines. He was getting no sentiment, like no ownership, nothing. And then he comes out and he wins. Look, that's you can't do correlation causation because it's a completely different set of circumstances. But the JT to me, like, even though like, especially for this type of event, Pat, if it was like a regular where there was a cut, yeah, I'd be a little bit worried. But if I'm getting four rounds of JT and I'm getting clo- less than 10%, I want to be all over that. I'm going to keep on going down with the ship uh, just because when, when JT can flip it, Right. We know what, again, his ceiling is when he's able to putt, which he hasn't been able to for, I don't know how long we know what his ceiling is. This is the same sentiment of how I liked JT or the same reasons why I like JT going to the Olympics. Just now one more week. What did he, he shot, I think eight under on the weekend. Uh, you know, I think a 65 and a 68, if my math's correct, if that is eight under um, it, like that's that. I feel like there's something there, even though, again, he's coming over from Japan. So weekend golf there is not the same as weekend golf. If he was like in South Carolina, it's not the same thing. There's going to be a little bit more jet lag involved, but that does show me a little bit of something. So I'm still going to be on the JT train. I'm going to go down, uh, go down with the burning ship. I can be talked into that as well. It does appear right now that the the first three guys in people's lineups in the way that people, people are constructing them right now is Brooks, Louis Scheffler. And some people are subbing out Scheffler for Berger. Others are shipping out one of those two for Cantlay. But those three guys appear to be like the chalky build if you're going to start. So I think knowing that going into it, even on a Tuesday morning, can help you think through the different permutations of the top. Like, I, I mean, I think Morikawa is perfectly suited for this course. Uh, if he can just drain, you know, he doesn't even need to overachieve putting. He just needs to be average putting. And the ball striking should carry him through. So I think for me, it's Brooks number one, Morikawa number two. And I got to think about the rest. It's probably Xander number three, even though they were in Tokyo last week, which means probably a fate of Spieth, a fate of Rory, and then I'll consider Dustin. Uh, but I obviously cannot play all four of them because I'm not playing like 150 this week. It's probably going to be a very low exposure week. That's generally how I tend to approach these no-cut events. Yeah, I think Brooks is, you're right. Like I, I'm in lockstep with you on Brooks. I think Xander's such an interesting game theory play. I mean, a guy coming off the gold medal, you guys usually chalk right now. He's up there with Morikawa. So, you know, the price shock, sticker shock is probably there. Uh, that The Rory DJ, that's where I'm pretty like, that's where I'm going to have to make a decision because I think both are viable in GPPs. Um, oh, Rory's no probably going to be the e- thing. Everyone is viable in a GPP. You, are you going to use them? But I'm like, not. Like I'm probably going to use Dustin Johnson. Okay. You know, it's a long-winded way of saying like I think DJ is that guy. Like he's that you know that that game theory guy that you know he's playing like like hot garbage. No one wants to play him because he should be at eleven three or eleven seven, and now he's at this price. Whenever I get a price like this on DJ, I'm buying the dip, Pat. All right. Justin Thomas is 9-9. You say you're in on him. I'm probably going to end up playing Justin Thomas myself because I'm a sucker <laughs> like that. Hovland is 9-7. Louis, Bryson, Hideki, Cantley, Berger, 
Scotty Sheff at 91, and then Paul Casey at 9,000. I mentioned Cantley, Berger, and Scheffler appear to be where the chalk is concentrating, along with Louie up in this region. That leaves Bryson, Hideki, and Casey as sort of the outliers right now. Do you have a preference of those three? I think it's I think it's Casey number one uh, for me, just because the way he was playing over the week or you know in, in Tokyo was was fantastic. I liked him. I loved him coming in. He's just been playing really well on these these marquee events. Ball striker extraordinary. We don't have to talk more about that. And, and Paul Casey, everybody knows why he's up there in a lot of our in a lot of our models. But Bryson is the one. I know we talked about him earlier. Bryson's that guy for me right now. Of you know what do you do? Because, you know, uh, for an outright, he's 35 to one, Pat. And in this price tag, you're getting like, what, the sixth ranked golfer in the world right now at a very, very depressed price at a discount. I think he has to be in lineups just because of what his upside is. He's playing like absolute garbage. We know that Um, the, the approach is everywhere. Right. This is not a course where you need your driver. It's not a huge advantage. Um, you know, it, it, drivers always an advantage. You don't have to necessarily put it in the fairway at this course. It doesn't really hinder you that much in terms of the success that guys have had. They haven't had correlated accuracy off the T stats, but I think Bryson is the one guy that I have to think that not, again, the sediment is going to be terrible on Bryson and I'm going to be playing him. Uh, I'm going to go down with the ship, not in the same lineups, not in a ton of lineups with JT. So I don't think you have to be that contrarian with these two guys. But I do think that he's one that you would probably see in, in the winning lineups because I don't think a ton of people are going to be on him this week. No, no one's going to be on Bryson. He's never yeah. finished better than 30th at this course, and that's in five tries back even when it was the St. Jude Classic and it wasn't a WGC field. He even missed a cut at this spot. He lost 7.1 strokes on approach last year in a 30th place finish after he gained 10 strokes on the greens. So maybe he has something figured out on the greens here. We know the driving is going to be fine, but if he gets a bit wild, like he's in the water, that's not going to be a good situation whatsoever for him. I can dig the fact that no one wants to use him. I just don't know if I can get behind him here. I think I'd rather go to Hideki to tell you the truth. Yes. Hideki scares me. Like, man, he played so good though. He he, he just keeps on playing really, really well. And you're saying, okay, I'm going to fade Hideki because there's so much pressure on him. He's playing in his home country. He just won the masters. And then what does he do? He comes out and he shows us why he's one of the best players in the world right now. He's coming back. And I'm still saying the same thing in my mind. Oh, there's a ton of pressure on him. There's gotta be some, some hangover from Japan. That's a, it's a huge travel, but guess what? This guy does this trip all the time, right? Like he does this, this, uh, this trip every single time, right? Cause you know, when he's not, you know, uh, training and when he's not living here, he's going back home to Japan. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be fading Hideki, um, like a moron just because, you know, everything that I just said, I'm going to go against it because I do think Bryson is that play for me. Um, but if we're talking about all the guys in this range uh, you, and you, you mentioned that he's going to be one of the most popular guys, it's Louie, right? Like, how do you get away from Louie? That's going to be chalk. I get it, but he's been playing so, so well. It's going to be hard to, to stay away from, from Louis. So again, cuts are going to be, have to be made. And for me, that's going to be Hideki. All right. I'm playing Burger. Burger is my favorite guy of this bunch. He's yeah. 92. I, I bet him to win at 25. He's crashed down to 20. He's 9,200 bucks. He has two wins at this course already. And he's playing some good golf. So I, I'm in on him. So my, my Brooks 
burger start to lineups is incredibly chalky, but I think <laughs> I I think I can get away with that if I differentiate a little bit down the board. Like I was still thinking Hovland. You mentioned Justin Thomas. I'll probably have another nine thousand dollar guy in the mix. It's like I'll probably have another ten thousand guy in the mix. But if I play like five lineups, I think the majority of them start Brooks Burger, and then I'm going to figure out the rest from there. Well, there's another guy who's going to be a part of that mix too, but there's three guys, actually four guys I have in as like my core, core guys this week. And I'm just hoping one of them wins and the other guys finish well. And then I'll try to pick off the periphery pieces, depending on how much money I have left over. Like I like Scheffler this week, but I just like, yeah. I just like burger a lot more. Yeah. I didn't see the, the Scheffler projections uh, in terms of ownership until, until we talked about it. You know, that's, you like that's a lot. That's a lot for Scotty. I I love Scotty. I wrote him up this week in my article. I absolutely love what he's doing. Uh, you know what? Like three top eights in a major. Like he's done so well in WGCs overseas. So he kind of feels like a guy who's who's getting to that point where he's getting close. This is a different feel. This is obviously a WGC where there's a lot of top guys here. Uh, at that ownership though, that's starting to become okay. That's you know he's starting to become a fade candidate, especially like you're talking about. Even though Burger's going to be chalk, we know the history here and Casey coming over from Tokyo, but playing well. Still, that might be reasons to get off of Scheffler. He'd be my only other guy. Like I know I, was, I did the Ulrich where I've talked about every single player I like in a range. Oh, shot, shot, shots fired at Jeff, DJ Jazzy Jeff oh, yeah. Ulrich. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did a show with him yesterday. I'm doing one later today. With with Ulrich, so you know, I, shots always fired at Ulrich every day of the week. Um, but like, this is a one range, Pat. The nine thousand that I really, really, obviously, it's a W a WGC that I really like. So I'm gonna be that guy, like in the morning, just tinkering through with my lineups all the way up until lock, and then eventually lose. Well, here's the issue: the eight K region. I don't know what to do with. Like, there's not one guy that stands out that I really want to use. So it goes from Finau, Fitz, who has a great track record at this course the past two years, Reed, Lowry, Webb, Neiman, Answer, Cam Smith, Corey Connors, Tommy Fleetwood. And it appears that people are playing Webb Simpson. People are playing Abraham Answer, as they always do. Shane Lowry and Corey Connors. Those are sort of the chalky guys from this range. And Fitzpatrick, too. That means... If I'm going to go here, I'm going to go with one of the pivot plays. I think this is a nice way to get away from ownership, and since I can't distinguish between any of these guys anyway, the model loves Abe Answer, but, you know, the model always loves the Mexican Allen Iverson, so what's that really telling me? It's probably Neiman for me at 8,400, or maybe, and I haven't played this guy in probably a year. Fleetwood feels like he's starting to turn it around a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is the range where when I was talking with Jeff yesterday, it's kind of it's sort of the red herring, right? Like the it looks it looks like we see a lot of names there, like Answer, uh, Web. People love Web always when he can be like in the mid eights. Oh uh, man, uh, uh, oh, not, there. not only in the mid eights, but a Bermuda par seventy. That, that's <laughs> right, that's the exactly. Web jam. <laughs> yeah, uh, even though like something's up with Web, I just gotta find out what it is. Um, ask your but- I, 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 ask your buddy Bryson. He can probably let you in. So here's a story. I hate to do this because I hate when people do like the, oh, here's a story of like the name drop. But I was at the PGA Championship and I was on the driving range watching all of these guys play. And then Paul Tessitore, is that, that is, is it? Yeah. His caddy. Right. I always get hit mixed up with him and then uh, the announcer. But um, I was talking with him. He came to get water and I was just, you know, saying like, hey, good luck. Uh, you know, web looks good, yada, yada, yada. And I think he thought I was someone else. And he was like, oh, looks like you've been working out. 
Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah, of course. I think he thinks you're Jason Day. Right. Oh yeah, just on the other side of the rope, right? Like not not in the driving range. He's like, oh yeah, it looks like you know you've been working out. I'm like, oh, you know, not really, but I appreciate that. And he's like, no, no, no. Last time I saw you, you weren't this. And I'm like, oh, good luck. You know, I appreciate the kind words. Um, that's my web story. Anyway, uh, he's he's someone that I really like, not because of that story, but because like you mentioned. But if he's coming in the same ownership projections as these other guys, I don't see what the big difference is, Pat, from these guys and a guy like Harris English, who's down in the end of seven. So we'll get to right. Like I don't. Um, and so I look at this range, and yes, there's a lot of players like the Fleetwoods, even Finau to an extent, right? If we see JT and Brooks are the past two winners of this WGC event. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to be a WGC event where the only guys that play well are those guys who won the last two years. Kind of fits a little bit like a Tony Finau, right? Especially JT, ball striker extraordinaire that can't putt. But when he does, he gets there. So Finau is, I love Finau. I'm always going to play him. So give me an excuse to play Finau at like sub 10% ownership. I'm going to play him. But yeah, you're right. Like uh, I'm staying away from the answer chop. I'm staying away from... The, you know, the, the, uh, the other chalk upstairs, you know, in this, in, in this, um, uh, in the salary range, I'm just probably going to fade most of them and go to the seven case. And that seems to be what the common move is here is that everyone's kind of fading the AK. Yeah. So if you do have a specific lean on one of these $8,000 players this week, I, I think that you kind of want to maybe shove your chips into the middle on them because they could be mm. a real differentiator based on some of the numbers that I'm seeing right now. Maybe everyone gloms on to two of them and everyone else remains in the single digits in terms of ownership. But, you know, we're going to have to wait a day and a half to, to see how accurate we are with those sort of projections. I was scoping around DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved some big-time money there. And I tell you what, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, it's completely up to you. Some people save 80%, some people save 90%, some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com promo code M-A-Y-O to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals come true. 7K? You mentioned Harris English. He's going to be the chalkiest guy down here. He's underpriced. Like he's seventy six hundred dollars. He's, I mean, on I think on DK Sportsbook, he's like thirty to one to win now. I bet him at fifty to one to win when he opens. So I feel good about that guy. Even if I don't win, Reed, I have closing line value on Harris English. But he is the other guy in my chalk stack of, of Brooks and Berger. It's going to feature Harris English as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's severely mispriced. I think the other guy in this range that's severely mispriced is Tyrell Hatton. But like going up to that range, you know, near someone like Harris English, uh, who's again, we know what he can do. He just won. Right. You know, we don't need to really belabor the, the Harris English, why he should be played in lineups. It's Jason, Cro- Jason Kokrak, I think, is also someone that needs consideration this week, Pat. You talk about long form birdie or better percentage and that's a stat that you know uh, coincidentally correlates with this tournament in, in my models you know this guy just just rains birdies um he also does the opposite we talk about valspar you know i remember you know jason Kokrak, notoriously uh, a pat mayo had a i think did you have an outright on Kokrak, and then he flubbed the 72nd uh, like around the green 
like, you know, Valspar, if we, if we think that's a corollary, I think Cork cracks a nice play and a pivot off of the chalk of the Harris English chalk. Well, thank you for bringing back those great memories, Reed. <laughs> that was fun to watch and relive in my mind right now. Thanks. It's like when I had money on Robert Garrigus at this course and he was winning by three going into the final hole and took a triple. That wasn't funny. He was like sweating out of his ass. It wasn't a good scene for old Bobby G that week. I believe Lee Westwood won in a playoff. That yeah. was like 2010. That's like when I first started betting on golf. And like, I was like, oh my God, this, I don't know if I have the heart for this. And that's one of the more devastating losses, just like the one that you brought up. Great times. Uh, Jason Kokrak passed 24 rounds on par 70 courses, 11th in this field in strokes gain total. Webb Simpson is ninth. Harris English is seventh. So if you're looking for the value guys, that's them. Brian Harmon, who's also in this range at $7,500, is 10th in this field when it comes down to just overall par 70s. This one's a little bit longer, obviously, but they're up with like the elite players. It's funny to see Bryson up there. He's $9,500. Uh, he's sixth in this field in strokes gain total just after Dustin Morikawa. Brooks, Xander, and Hideki Matsuyama. Louie, also number eight, if you're wondering who's been playing the best on par 70s. I could throw on the Bermuda filter, but, you know, I don't want to give away everything behind FantasyNational.com because you can go to FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get yourself that 20% discount and figure it out on your own. Search what you want and get it that way. I was talking about Fleetwood at 8,000. Just looking at the numbers and just kind of reverse engineering how this all works in my mind, I think the pivot play, because Kokrak's going to be owned. Like, I have him around, like, 20% right now. Uh, I don't think he's everyone's sleeping on Jason Kokrak here. Mm. Zalatoris, who is a ball-striking aficionado, coming off that injury, which cost him time and cost him to withdraw from the Open Championship after trying to hack it out of the fescue, something I have now experienced in the worst way possible after my experience last weekend. That was not great times, but... I just don't think that anyone's going to play him because of the injury. And if he's okay, like this is someone who was like essentially the same price as Scotty Scheffler four weeks ago. And now you're getting a huge yeah. discount. No one wants to play him. Yes. You absorb that risk that comes along with him coming off an injury. But if he's back to playing, I'm going to assume that he's okay. And this seems like a course that fits him perfectly. Yeah. Um, this is like the, you know, when you see a, a queue when you're, when you're doing football, right. You're doing NFL DFS and you see that queue right by their name, you're playing that injury pivot while golf is different. Cause we're not going to get any sort of word or update on Zalatoris yeah. Yeah, until we see yeah, him. We're not going to know. It's not like, Oh, he was at morning walkthrough. Oh, he practiced on Saturday. It's like, right. no, he, he might show up. <laughs> right. He does a burger. I want to tee one off get my paycheck and then I'm out of here. Um, I don't think Zalatoris is going to do that, but uh, while I think that's, that's a good game theory play, Pat, you know, this, when you look at his stats with approach, especially at, at the rocket mortgage, like maybe he was dealing with something then probably not. Um, that scares me a little bit where you're seeing like miscut the, yeah, obviously at the U S open, that's not, you know, everyone misses the cut of the U S open uh, 77 at the rocket mortgage. Then he went TT at 26 at the Aberdeen, uh, which, which I think you, a lot of people were saying he's the pivot for the open championship. And then, you know, unfortunately he had that injury. I think you're right. I don't think anyone's going to be playing this guy, but that just scares me. It's like the approach wasn't there. And then he has this injury. It's a back injury. I think it was, that scares me a little bit. Um, so I'm going to be off on him, but man, like you're right. If he's fine, he's a young kid. If you can get back to it, you know, put the icy hot, the tiger bomb on the back and he's back at it. He's going to be someone that is definitely going to be in a winning lineup for sure, because of what he can do. 
Yeah, like he's, I mean, obviously Neiman is someone who's safer, but I kind of put those two guys in the same bucket, although Neiman's playing a little bit. He's putting a lot better right now. Will Z hasn't been gaining on the greens too much in the last three months, but maybe he can figure this out. And if I'm going to go chalky at the top and even in the mid-sevens, I think that Will Zalatoris is a nice compliment, a way for me to inherit risk in my lineup and my way to get access to a low ownership, high upside guy. Because even if he's not right, and the putter's not working, but he's back to his, like, regular game, he's going to outscore his finishing position regardless because he's going to make so many birdies. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you that's what you want here, right? You want that birdie or better, especially for DK. I mean, I, clearly, you obviously, you want birdie or better to win, but it's not necessarily a huge correlation, uh, more like more so in, in that than it is in DK scoring, right? We see it all the time, especially in WGCs. You definitely want that. You know, the guys that you want, they could project to win, right? And win equity, that's a little bit different, right? Guys like Terrell Hatton down there at 70, what is he, 74? Um, 7,400 right next to Sergio, another guy that I think all of us like Yeah, at that oh, price yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm definitely playing all the Sergio this week, and uh, right. I, I'm going to be shocked when he comes T52 <laughs> in this field because he's putted somehow into the water. Right, exactly. I think Hatton, like the, the past four winners, Pat, of WGC events, not just this one, but WGC events, not, not counting the match play, the average like world golf ranking, the week leading into that is around fifth or sixth in the world. Now, that's not a correlation to say I'm only going to bet the top five golfers in the world to win, but that gives you an idea that these tournaments are won by the top guys in the world, like shocker, right? Like these WGCs are won by the top ranked players because they're playing in this tournament and they're really damn good. Well, Haddon is 13th in the world. Yes, he's missed the cut in his last couple of majors, but we know he has the upside. He has the win equity in this range to take this down and to win. And none of us would be surprised because of how well he's played or how well he can play, especially when we're talking about Florida correlation. You know, Haddon's that guy. I'm not, again, I'm not going to be breaking any news that Haddon's a good player, shocker. But if he's coming in and you see that ownership, that's going to be less than the guys like Webb, definitely less than Sergio. He's someone that on the outright side too, I believe on DK Sportsbook, he's at 55, at plus like plus 5,500. I think that's a good number still if you can get it for a guy like Hatton. Yeah, that actually is a really nice number on Hatton. I think I'm going to be off Hatton right now. I just don't like, it's all, It's a lot like Webb. It's a lot like Bryson. Mm. And you have to inherit the risk somewhere, but I think I'd rather just follow the ball striking stats with Sergio, eat a bit of that chalk, and try to find like a Zalatoris who I don't mind to pivot off of that way. And maybe even look into the sixes and be like, yeah, is there anyone down here that I like? Because there are a few guys that I like in the sixes. Not to win, obviously, but guys that can place really well. I kind of followed this model with Reevee last year, and Reevee played really well. He came T6. This was actually, I think, my most profitable event of 2020, which is just, no, the PGA Championship was, because I had Morikawa and DJ in every lineup. But this one, oh. uh, I I had Thomas, I had Brooks, I had Chez, didn't have Tom Lewis, I'll tell you that much. And someone else that I had was, like, horrible and finished, like, 50th. But it was still good enough, because I only played, like, three or four lineups that week, which is what I expect to do this week, and just really hammer down on my core. I just don't think he's going to make the cut. The guy down here that I was looking at was Billy Ho. A lot of experience at this course, has gained strokes putting every year at TPC Southwind since 2012. He's won a WGC already this year, and he's not playing great at the moment, but he's playing good enough to justify this price tag. I think that people forget, like, he's a top 
20 player or he's top 25 player in the world. Like, I, I think if you're thinking about like winners, yeah, he's number 25 right now. You probably want to go mm-hmm. 25 and down, 20 and down. But he's still in that range where, you know, he is up and down. We don't necessarily know where he's at all the time, but he won a WGC. I think he was in the final group with Morikawa at WGC concession. He's good in these no cut events. Yeah. Yeah. We love, we love watching Billy Ho, right? Cause he just, he says what he feels, man. He's, he's awesome. And people, oh, he's a maniac and it's great. Um, and he loves Bermuda. <laughs> like he, right. He loves the Florida courses. Uh, this is not a Florida course, obviously, but when you talk about correlations on the PGA tour, this is it, right? Not necessarily grass tight, but just the way it feels and the way it's going to play. And maybe the PGA tour is saying, Hey, this is the closest thing we're going to get to like, you know, a, a, like a, like a playoff or a major type. If we put this tournament in the WGC or the FedEx cup playoffs for next season. But yeah, I think Billy Ho, I, I, I didn't even take a look at Billy Ho. So I think that's someone I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into, but yeah, you're right. Especially on Bermuda where a lot of guys do not like putting on Bermuda, except for the ones that really like it, like Billy Ho. And if you can get, if you come in, like you mentioned at like sub 10 or like 8% roster percentage, then yeah, that's, that's a good call. I didn't even think about Billy. Yeah, so that way, again, you can squeeze in Louie and Brooks and Berger and then go the Sergio English and then have like the Zalatoris or Billy Ho pivot along with someone else. If you start building your core that way, I can see how that can work pretty, I know, pretty easily, but I think I can make that work and I wouldn't feel bad about it at the same time. The rest of the guys in the lower sevens, I got no real interest in. It looks like Sam Burns is carrying the water for ownership down here and he's 6,900 bucks, but he seems to be... Well, if we go into the sixes, and again, smash the like and leave your favorite 6K play in the description, Burns around 15%, maybe higher. Poulter's at 7,000. He's going to be like 12% owned, it looks like. Uh, Kisner's getting some ownership. Stuart Sink is getting some ownership. That's really about it. The only one I have starred right now, because I'm going to see if you can talk me into a few of them. I like Ryan Palmer at $6,500. I think this course suits him really well, and he's playing like pretty reasonable golf at the moment. Not great, but reasonable. Yeah. The one guy that I just uh, I wanted to ask you about, because I think, you know, so this is kind of what we do on these shows. Like, hey, why do you, what do you think? of? I, I do like uh, Palmer, especially at this price. He can always, if you take a look at price tag to, to his performance when he's down here, he's usually going to be outperforming out it unless he gets really wonky with the, uh, the the one metal and then, you know, then you're out. But we know what he can do with his putter. We've seen it before, Pat that like when he gets that putter going, he's, he's, you know, in contention with guys like Rom at the Memorial. So we know the upside for him is I think Stumange, I think Stumange is, is someone that God, he's just like, I, I don't want to play him like, but then, you know, you're going to see his name on the leaderboard come Friday, Saturday. You're like, damn it. I should have paid start start sink. But Bobby Mack is the one guy that I have starred down here that I wanted to get your opinion on because like he doesn't necessarily feel like a like a Robert McIntyre course, but by upside standards, you know, like he's someone that I'm really interested in. We know what he can do on these courses. He's just, you know, again, we talk about ball strikers, guy. If he can putt, we saw what he was able to do in majors, and I think he's someone at sixty six hundred dollars that's not coming in with a ton of roster percentage right now. I think I saw in Fantasy National it was below five percent. He's someone I'm interested in, but I can't like. There's no good reasons for me to tell you other than, oh, he's a good player. He's talented playing at 6,600. Yeah, but I think that's what we're getting down to in this range anyway, is are you betting on the talent? Are you betting on some sort of recent form? Like, I think that you're going to see a lot of people make a very compelling case for Jim Herman this week, who comes in with excellent Mm. ball striking numbers. He's $6,000. 
But I can't remember the last time that Jim Herman played well in like in a good event. Like he was 26th at Memorial. That's pretty good. But that wasn't a good ball striking week for him. He actually chipped and putted really well, which you know he never chips well. But he gained almost two strokes that week and gained two strokes putting. Like even through his like nice little run right now in terms of ball striking. Barbasol, John Deere, Travelers, and he still hasn't finished better than 20th place. He's made four cuts in a row. That's great. But like when you see him at these top end events, like that doesn't really move the needle for me. And I think people are going to be on him. So maybe that's one way that you can play it. I was thinking more like if you wanted to bet on some upside, I think Lucas Herbert might be the way to go. He, you know, he missed the cut at the 3M. You know, coming back over from the Open Championship, he was pretty chalky at the Open Championship, but he had that nice run through Europe. He won in Ireland. He was top 10 in Scotland. But before that, he was 19th at Travelers. He was 18th at Memorial and playing pretty well over across the board. And the approach was really good. I do worry about his driving, especially because I hit him as a winner in Ireland and had to watch him drive it into the woods every tee shot on Sunday. And it was like, oh my God, what is going on here? And then he like putted absolutely lights out. It was one of those... Putting works in favor of Pat Sundays that happens like three times a year. It's like, ooh, like when Morikawa couldn't miss. Uh, I mean, he couldn't miss at the Open, but when I had him at concession, it was exactly the same way. It's like, oh my God, he flubbed this chip. It's going to be 15 feet for par. Like, how are we looking at it? It's like, oh, he made the par putt. This is great. And that's what he was doing at the Open too. So there's a couple guys I think you could talk yourself into, but it really just stuck out to me that... Like, Ryan Palmer, I think, is the skill set that I want here. Uh, if he can bring the putter along with him, obviously, that would be great. Looking at the simulator right now on Fantasy National, the only guy in the $6,000 range inside the top 20 in terms of perceived win equity when you run it a 1,000 times is actually Cam Davis at 6900 bucks. Yeah, and he's going to be chalk, though, right? Like, no, he's I, like, I, I do, I do not oh, really? think that he's going to be. No, I think that like he's not going to be unowned, but I think that he'll be lower owned than Burns by a significant margin, mm. lower owned than Kisner, maybe even Champ, maybe Max Homa, maybe even Carlos Ortiz. I actually kind of like Carlos Ortiz this huh. week, but no one is using like literally no one has started Lee Westwood yet. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he's won at this course before. Right, right. Uh, and I think this is what we're getting at. Go ahead, go ahead, Pat. It was a decade ago, but you know. <laughs> hey, like Lee, like this is resurgence. This is Lee Westwood time, man. We've we've seen more Lee Westwood. It feels like we're back in like 2010. Where we're watching Lee come runner up in a major at a player at the player championship more and more. Uh, but like what you were talking about, like Lucas Herbert, I think it is the same sentiment or the same you know reasoning I had in my mind about Bobby Mack is that you're seeing some really good players down in this range maybe not necessarily PGA tour. And then also with this field, but guys who have done well, guys who've known how to play well, you know, in, in certain situations, you know, like maybe, like maybe Cam Davis, I'm thinking like, you know, it's, he's like the Australian cam champ, like hits it a mile and, and can't putt. Um, but then just one, so, you know, maybe some people are like, Oh, I see that he won. If I look at his game logs, especially on DK, where it just shows you the game logs and you see a one by his name, people are going to click on that. Um, but yeah, like I'm trying to go with the Lucas Herbert, the Bobby Mack, the Ryan Palmer range or, or, or route, as opposed to trying to find the guys that are, are trending and the stats fill out the sheets. So I think the Kisners do, I think the Kisners fill out the stat sheets for this type of course, especially on a fantasy national where you can break it down. But that, that worries me a little bit. Um, I was going to ask you, Pat, what are you doing with like Siwoo and like ah. Sanjay? 
I, I'm probably going to, I bet Siwoo to win. So I think that's probably going to be enough investment for me. Sungjae is too expensive for his recent form and no one is using him. So maybe th- th- you might yeah. think that's appealing. It's not for me. I'd be far more comfortable with him like next week at the Wyndham, which I think is more of a course suited to his game. Although we've seen a lot of crossover between Wyndham and this where they fall so close on the schedule. And before this became a WGC, a lot of the same sorts of players would play them. So you have a larger sample size from the Billy Horschels of the world and the Sungjae of the world that I think that maybe it would correlate against lesser competition when you inject the high-end competition then it becomes kind of void and null and that's how I feel about Sungjae here I'll probably end up using Wolf and just pray this is one of the weeks when he can drive the ball because at the 3M like his driving was dog shit but the rest of his game was really good yeah it's just man the hell Wolf like you're so damn good like like I, he's someone that I continuously have starred initially. Like I look for his price, like just because of what we know he can do. Right. He's a young kid. He's, he's working through his stuff. I get like all of us, you know, we're working through our stuff when we're in our twenties, trying to be a professional athlete during a pandemic in your twenties where you can't do anything, uh, you know, and be the 20 year old that's got a lot of cash amongst your friends. Like that's going to be tough. Right. It's, Maybe like that's a dumbed down version of probably what happened to him. And he was saying, right, like professional sports, it's really hard. So anybody who's a professional athlete, I feel you. I empathize with you. But I'm always starring his name because of that talent and that upside. And it is priced right now. Yeah, we're talking about a lot of guys in the 6K, but that's probably the route, right, Pat? Like scatter shot down here in the 6K, like your guys up there top, uh, up top and not worry necessarily about the chalk because down here, you're not going to get any. You stay away from the Hermans. You stay away from the other guys. Maybe the stick, the Sam Burns, right? And you save it from those guys. You scattershot it down here. And one of these guys are, are going to do the Todd Lewis. One of them are going to, is, is going to do it, right? Because that's why they're that's why they're in this field, the 66 in this field, is because they can play damn well golf. Yeah, I, I don't think that Herman's going to be chalk. I think that Herman is going to be the guy that sharp people play because the numbers point to it. And mm-hmm. I, and listen, I, I completely, like I said, I understand the path that is there. I just think that we're not putting the right sort of context into it. It'd be like if Michael Gellerman was in this field, it's like, oh man, you know, strokes gained approach through the roof. It's like, yeah, but you know, he's 200 to one in like corn fairy events. He, he's probably not going to play pretty well in a WGC, but if you can get lucky on someone like that and Herman comes in like six, like you are dancing in this field. If you've got the rest yeah. of it, right. Yeah. Doesn't Herman feel like this year is Brendan Todd. Like, you know, it kind of like really good off the tee. But like, shouldn't like feels like he shouldn't be in this event because he, you know, he, he won was was it the Wyndham last year that he won, where he just went, you know, he made the cut by like on the number, and then he just blitzed the field on the weekend, and then was so nervous that he tried to drink water out of a bottle with the capsule on. Uh, but like, he's someone that just feels like that Brendan Todd type of player right now. Last year for this year, that's just great off the tee, and if he can do that, and it's like you know, easiest golf, right? Fairway green get, you know, make birdies and like two putt. Don't, don't make any bogeys. Don't get it in the water, fairway green and like boring golf. And if that's the case, that's $6,000. Yeah. You're going to be able to play a lot of guys with a guy at $6,000 in your lineup. Yeah. I I was looking for like jump out of the page skill sets. Like Wilco kind of has that because he's so good off the team, but the rest of his game kind of stinks. So that's a tough beat for him. Yeah. I think it's going to be Palmer Wolf. You may have talked me into Bobby Mack. I mean, do we get, like, should we play Phil, who, like, historically has been very good at this course? I think he was even, like, second last year. God, I don't know. Like, if you're talking about, like, we do your, you know, playing the best players lineup, 
like, does Phil make that cut? Probably not. Right. Like he was, you know, he, 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 I mean, he was, he was second place last year. He has a lot of second place finishes at this course over time. I'm just trying to see like, how has he been lately? Not great whatsoever since his win, but I think if you get him at a course where he's kind of rolling it a little bit better, maybe this is a spot for him. Like if you, if you ask me like Lucas Glover or Phil, I don't know why, you know, the glove, I mean, because he won recently, but so did Phil. Like I would want to play the glove more than, more than Phil this week. Like that's like, that's the segment right now on Phil. And maybe I'm completely wrong, but it's just, I never get Phil right. I never, ever get Phil right. Whenever I try to play Phil. So for me personally, I'm not going to be playing him. Um, for whatever reason, I get Glover right more than I get Phil, which is, I don't know, maybe something on Mimi. I need to like, you know, get my head checked. But uh, if I'm doing that comparison, right, this guy or Phil, this guy or Phil, more times than not, it's going to be the other guy. And maybe that's a case for the contrarian play in Phil, but, you know, it's, it's going to be guys like Glover and the other guys we talked about over Phil this week for me down here. Yeah, Wilco has 12 rounds counted towards his stats. He's third in the field on par fours from 450 to 500 yards, ninth in opportunities game, third in driving distance, fourth off the tee. He is 58th in fairways gained, which could be good or bad. Like you said, if you hit into the rough here, not that big of a deal. You hit into the water, that's going to be a problem is is the issue. So Palmer... Wolf for me. I'll, I'll roll the dice on Wolf. Although if I'm playing Wolf, I probably should play Wilco. Thinking about it, like the same sort of what you're looking for here. Although I think that Wolf is a much better player. And I'll probably end up playing one of Westwood or Phil. Because no one is using them. The aging veterans. Good course history on mm. both of them here. Both not really playing all that well over the past six weeks. But you know, just just takes a little bit to get going. Yeah, probably Westwood for those two guys for me. Um, cause you're talking about water, <laughs> like <laughs> Phil, Phil can find water in a, in a desert. Uh, so like if I had to choose between those two, it'd probably be Lee Westwood. All right. Let's talk about the PGA schedule. Cause that just got released this morning before we mm-hmm. started recording. Did you see it at all? I did. I, I glanced at it this morning. Um, not necessarily like full on a deep dive, but I know just the highlights, right. Two less, only two WGCs now. We got some uh, co-sponsored events, right, with the European Tour. Um, uh, what is it? The Scottish and, and Irish Opens, I believe, are, are going to be now on a PGA Tour, right? I, I believe it's just the Scottish. I don't think that the Irish is Open is going to be one of those because I think they're going to go back to a regular European Tour schedule mm. next year. But I don't know if that's finalized because it should go, in my mind, like the Rolex Series, France, Ireland, Scottish Open Championship. Um, and they're both going to be in i mean both the open championship and the scottish Open are both going to be in scotland next year because it's at the old yeah. course so that makes things pretty easy on that and the canadian open got a real rough draw because being the yeah. week before the u.s open was actually working out really well for it it kept generating some pretty good fields obviously there hasn't been a canadian open the last two years that's why you got the palmetto championship this time around in south carolina that is no longer a thing but the canadian open is back at st george's not royal st is it royal st george's it's just st george's i think is what it's called. St. George's Golf and Country Club, which is in downtown Toronto. So it's a good location for a Canadian Open to actually get people to come. The issue is, it's not that it's the week before the U.S. Open. That's fine. It's that it's the week after Memorial. So everyone's going to want to play Memorial. Obviously, everyone's playing the U.S. Open. And these elite guys just aren't going to play three weeks in a row. So if you had the Travelers before it, 
things would be fine. People would play the Canadian Open, then the U.S. Open. But if Memorial was going to be there, that tournament just takes precedence in this day and age over the Canadian Open. So I'm kind of bummed that that field is probably not going to be very good. Yeah, and Canadian Open is one of the longest open tournaments in like in PGA's history. It is right? the, it is the third oldest open championship in the world. Yeah, exactly. There's some clout behind it. You know, I definitely want to go one time uh, and see what it's like. I've never been, never been to Toronto. Um, you've never been. And to, I heard that just. You never been. To no. Toronto? Like you never made the trip up from Boston when I was there because I don't live there anymore. No. I know, like that would have been the time to go, and now I'm just going to be wandering aimlessly in the streets of Toronto, which are just not great, not a great idea. Well, you know, no, I, never been. Um, you can go, you can go hang out at Feinberg's house or something. Actually, I still have my place there. You can, it's empty. You can go stay there before I start renting it perfect. out. But here's the move: the move isn't necessarily to go to Toronto. If anyone ever wants to make a trip to Canada, and this is right after my DK contract ends, so maybe I'll be re-upped, and part of my negotiation will be like, "Hey, we need to like do a big thing for Presidents Cup." 2024 in montreal that is going to be a fucking time oh baby i didn't even know that um absolutely and the president's team hey look they're like yeah, they're, they're they got some players no baby. they don't come, they do not come on players. now i'm trying i'm trying to get like you know the clouds so we can do it pat i'm trying to like a like a breadcrumb trail so when the the powers that be at dkc like oh they talked about this back in 20, 2021 saying that they have some class like you know they have a really good team uh, no, like, you know, there's some players like, you know, if Neiman wins a major, like who knows, right? So in between that time, uh, we have no idea if Abe actually wins a tournament, who knows? Maybe we get some guys who are, uh, who are really some primetime players on the president's cup, but no, never. I've only been to, uh, to Whistler, to British Columbia, like on that side. So like on Ulrich's side, right. I've never been on the East side of Canada. Well, you can come up here and play Cabot. If you come and visit me, that'll be fine. Hmm. Bring your pocketbook, though. It ain't cheap. What else do we got here? Yeah, there's no WGC Mexico is gone from the early part of the season, which really cleans up the early part of the season. I actually like this move because you go the three, like the two Hawaii events, Amex, like that's the essentially the preseason uh, in terms of the new year. Then you go Farmers, Pebble, Phoenix, Genesis, like it normally is. That's a nice run. And then it was usually WGC Mexico in between, or they would go Honda WGC Mexico because it was in Florida this time. Now that's just gone. So you go from West Coast swing to Florida swing immediately. You're going to have Honda, Bay Hill. Where is it here? Honda, Bay Hill, Puerto Rico's that week too, which I think is a co-sanctioned event. Uh, the players, Valspar. Valspar's back in March this time around. Then you have the match play, Valero than the Masters. So I like how they've kind of repackaged everything to have the Florida swing be the Florida swing. Then we're in Texas for two events. Then we have the Masters. I like the way that's broken up a little bit better. Like I like the Mexico tournament. I just, I didn't like where it fell on the schedule. That Mexico event, it's just called the Mexico championship. Now it doesn't appear like it's a WGC anymore. That is now in early May, which sounds like it's going to be really, no, it's the end of April, April 25th to May 1st. Sounds like it's going to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've, I've only been to Mexico once in the summertime. Um, and it was oppressively hot. Uh, I played the Corrales or not Corrales. Is that the OH? Oh yeah. You, yeah. yeah Corrales. No, no, you played Mayakoba. Oh yeah. Mayakoba. Sorry. Mayakoba. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of iguanas on the course, but like no one was on the course except for the iguanas and me because it was oppressively hot. Um, yeah, you're right. Like I think that, I think the way it sets up now, it feels a lot better. I'm sure the guys, uh, probably had 
a little bit of a say, right, on how it was how it was structured. Not a ton, but a little bit of say. Um, you're right. Like I do think oh, it's going to be interesting now. West Coast of Florida, right? How is that? Like are certain guys like we know Brooks doesn't play West Coast swing, right? Like he just he doesn't like Quana, or he just maybe doesn't no, want to be. He wants to be in Florida. He plays the Genesis. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't play any of the other ones, right? No, I, I don't know if he plays the Farmers or not. I don't believe he did this year. So, yeah, he usually plays the first event, then he plays Genesis, then, like, his season is off. But he was one of the guys who was going over to Saudi, which they're not doing anymore. Right, right. Like, how many of the Euro guys? This is always a thing, too, we talk about, right, the early part of the season, is how many of the Euro guys just, you know, they forego the West Coast swing, even though there's a lot of good players in these tournaments, and like the Farmers, right, the Genesis, how many of those guys, and we saw some of them come over early to play with Genesis this past season, uh, like a Maddie Fitzpatrick, but how many of them just, you know, stay in Europe and then go to Florida where they have a lot of their residences um, and then forego the West Coast swing? I, I, um, I would guess you know. I would guess it's most uh, if Tiger can make yeah. a comeback or he's like present. Right? That's the draw for the Genesis mm. to be on the West Coast swing. But other than that, it's more important for the European tour players to go play just for race to Dubai points to go play uh, the Abu Dhabi and what is it? The Abu Dhabi and the whatever the other one is, the one that if you win it, like you probably win the Masters when Danny Willett and Sergio won it in back, oh. back years, the Omega Dubai desert classic. There's like four yeah. tournaments all in the same place. I get all the names mixed up, but Saudi is usually the last one of that, but euros are banned from playing it. Now, if you want to keep your card, PGA tour players are now banned from it. If you want to keep your card. So I, I doubt that we see maybe the European players will come over after the two first events of the middle East swing. Uh, and then maybe join for like pebble could use some PR here because pebble once again is going to be the tournament that no one wants to play. Yeah. God damn it, Pebble. Like, you're such a great course. And, you know, like, look, we get the guys, you know, like, you know, that, that win Pebble. We get them in the, you know, in the, the Tournament of Champions. Um, and I'm like, I forget who's won it the last three times at, at Pebble. But Let's see, it was um, Ber Berger won it this year. Spieth has won it. Day has won it. But then you get like Vaughn Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, we, we, I thought Nick Taylor for some reason won no, no, this tournament. Nick, Nick, Nick Taylor did win the tournament. I had my fingers crossed yeah. that nasty Nate Lashley was going to win this tournament. Then I think he took like a oh. seven on that par three coming home. Talk about, so you're, you're okay, your cold crack story is my Nate Lashley story. Like I had big bucks. On so Lashley. did I. Like that, that's nothing, <laughs> Reed. That is not flubbing an easy up and down on the 72nd hole to win. It's just not. Because all, all day long you were waiting. That's for true. Lashley That's to true. belt down against Cantley and Spieth and Berger. It was fucking Coke Rack against Paul. I can't win Casey. But like four, like, yes, you knew it was happening, but he almost drained those two shots from the fairways. Like, okay, maybe if he drained those, like, I think he still would have lost, right? Like if he drained yeah. one or two of those for Eagle. But still, right? He got like, do that early then, Lashley. Like do it on hole six. Don't do it on hole 16, when you string us along for all of Sunday and then you absolutely implode. Like, I feel bad for the guy because you saw, right? Like you mentioned, you just saw it was ready to burst and it just happened in the worst way possible. But yeah, Nate Lashley, um, like he's, he's won a tournament, you know, you, you know, not tournament that you and I wanted him to win, but yeah, that's like Pebble is needs to get these guys back. I don't know what you would do like to, to, 
to do it, right? Get, like, rid, how would get, you rid, really... of, get rid of the fucking Pro-Am. I know it's a part of the history of yeah. that tournament, but like that's a legit reason people don't want to play it. And it's a legit reason I don't like watching it. It was great this year when there were no celebrities. It was actually compelling golf. And Phoenix, yeah, Paul had, Casey. Phoenix has done such a better job of drawing people, which is the week after, the week before. It's the week after. People would just rather yeah. play Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it, like seven-hour? Like I said, Paul Casey mentioned in his presser, like after, like, oh, yeah, it's like a six-hour round, but I'm playing with, like, the CEO of Dell, so it doesn't matter. Um, no, like, yeah, you're right. Who wants to play a seven-hour round? I feel like I figured out where I'm taking my vacation next year because I can't take a vacation during football. I did a very poor job of taking vacation this year. I want to go on like a real vacation. So it's either after the Heritage. I'm not missing the Heritage. It's like my favorite tournament. But after that, you have Zurich in the Mexico Championship before the Wells Fargo, which is not at Quail Hollow next year because it escaped my mind that Quail Hollow is hosting the President's Cup next year. That's why it's not there. It's actually at... Where is this? TPC Potomac at Avenal Farms. I feel, oh. I feel like we had, was it there? No, I don't think that one was there a few years ago. I feel like the Rocket Mortgage was there back when it was called the Quicken Loans. Anyway, that's a decent time to do it. And the week after the Open Championship is like the the shit swing on the PGA Tour. It, before the playoffs <laughs> start, it's going to be 3M Rocket Mortgage Wyndham before you get into the playoffs. So it seems like a good time to take a vacation. <laughs> yeah you use the 3m and rocket mortgage yeah i think that's you know that's about yeah that's a good time although though i think the last time i went on vacation i went to the 3m open so what am i doing oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't do that let's see Zo- this time around. zozo's back in japan next year mm-hmm. although the cj cup is not in korea it's in vegas at colin morikawa's home course Hey, is there a future? Can we get futures on Morikawa for the Zozo right now? Yeah, it's it's at a course called the Summit Club. Huh. Well, he lives. Who else? I think Xander also lives in Vegas now too. Now maybe they're all. So like, I think maybe they're all like Phil, where like when you hear Andercus talk, it's like, oh, it's Phil's home course. He's like twelve home courses apparently. If it's in California, <laughs> it's a Phil course. If it's in Arizona, it's a Phil course. If it's anywhere in the Northeast, it might as well be a home course for Phil. It's like all right, like well, let's, let's pump the brakes yeah. a little bit. It's like when Chili Willie used to come out in ECW and just claim that his hometown was the <laughs> town that they were currently in. Yeah, that's that's a look. Uh, I was actually in San Diego this past weekend. I was with a buddy and we were driving through the valley like, oh, this is like Phil's got a driving range over here. Phil's got a compound over there. It's like, Jesus, does Phil just own this entire canyon? You're like, yeah, probably. I mean, this guy's got a lot of cash. But he really doesn't want to live in California and have to pay those California taxes. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. You can't buy you can't buy a house. I mean, you know this. Like, you know, you're getting a plot of land and a shanty for like 800K anywhere that's desirable to live in this country. I can't be complaining because I know Toronto, when you were there, was atrocious, was terrible. Um, But yeah, talk about, I know this is getting off the rails of WGC, but talk about real estate. You can't, you can't buy anything with any amount of money that you have. So, you know, maybe the podcast should be about that, Pat. Yeah. The, why, the, we can't pay, why we can't afford anything. Yeah. The, the Pat and Reed, how poor podcast can't, can't afford real estate. <laughs> no kidding. While we're talking in our in my college shirt. No, I like, I've been very fortunate, but still, I can still complain. Like you can't buy anything. Hey, listen, you can just move. It's funny because you're from Hawaii and it costs so much money to get to Hawaii. You can just move back to Hawaii and just be, Really, you could do all your filming at like, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. It sounds great. 
Yeah, or like two o'clock in the morning. True. Like, yeah, like all the football stuff. I used to have to wake up at like three o'clock in the morning, and we would air. It would what be like ten? Yeah. So like at four o'clock, we would start. We would start our start our shows or uh, four or five o'clock. So, but the good thing, Pat, about that is that you're done. Like you're done by like before noon. So you have the rest of the day. It's like your your work day is like the morning time, and then you know it's still obviously light out from noon till seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, and you can do stuff all throughout the day. So that's yeah, a pretty good setup. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Reed Fowler, follow him on Twitter at Reed T. Fowler. Do you have any PGA live commentary coming up? Or are you done for the year? I think, oh, I just got word. I'd have to talk to our, uh, I have to talk to our team here at November. God, what tournament is that? I think it's the Houston open Pat. I think that's the next one. I'm going to be on PGA tour live um, breaking news. I haven't told anybody yet. Um, so the Pat Mayo experience, you guys get the, get the, uh, the breaking news. Um, that's going to be the next one that I'm on currently. I believe, um, that's what I've been told. Um, things can obviously change. You and I know Pat in this industry, things can change the week of. So at this point right now, I believe it's the Houston open. That's and I think that's the one in November. If it's not the Houston, it's the one in like early November. Yeah, Houston, uh, the one in early November, I mean, it would be the the Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. That's the new one. So it probably has to be Houston because it's like World Golf Championship in China. Probably not going to be that one. Probably not going to be the Bermuda Championship in Bermuda. Probably not going to be the one in Mexico. Early November, Houston Open, Memorial Park course. That's probably the one. Maybe I'll come. Yeah. Probably won't. Right, do it. We can uh, be the Worldwide Golf the Hall of Fame. Is right next to the PJ Tour Live Studios. Yeah, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't think the DraftKings would be super impressed with me leaving uh, during like week week eleven of football just to take a week off. Yeah, not ideal, right? I'm probably going to be doing shows from my hotel, like in between shifts. I want to be on like a like a DK Live talking about football. But hey, PJ Tour, that's a lot of fun, man. I'm excited. I had so much fun last time. It's great. Uh, everyone is super fun to work with. Uh, you know, we do this all the time. It's, you know, it's, it's very different though than this, obviously. Right. Cause it's live, even though it's golf and it's slow and we're only featuring six golfers, it's still moving, you know, at a pretty decent pace that you got to get used to like play by play is very different than, than this stuff. Right. Like it's just, it's a whole nother cadence. It's another set of skills that you have to acquire. Um, and it's fun. I remember when I was on it, it's when Victor, was at the concession, and this is like we had like the Victor Hovland getting a nine on his last hole. So that was a lot of fun to, to break down. Like, oh, what is he going to do? I don't know. Shank one into the bunker again. Um, so it was, it was it's a lot of fun, but definitely needs a lot of practice. Well, at least at the Houston Open, there's a cut line. So you can tell these PGA Tour live people like what the actual <laughs> cut line might be. Not be like, oh, my God, it's going to be minus four. It's like, no, I think it's going to be plus one, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the projected we like here's the cut line like <laughs> This is, this is how it works. This is what it's going to be like. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped for that. All right. Read T. Fowler on Twitter. Check him out on DK Live app, dkplaybook.com. The dream stream up on the DraftKings YouTube page. And also become a member at Fantasy National right now. Fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. Run the sims.com slash mayo for a discount on all of the premium NFL tools for 2021. You know you're going to want it. You know you're playing football. You might as well put the stats and tools to good use. You got an optimizer. You got game simulations projections it's gonna be legit it's already out so you can go use it right now run the sims.com slash mayo join the listeners league link smash the like on the way out and enter that apple podcast review everything down in the description right now thank you all for watching i'm pat mayo 
I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!